Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. If you got your Bibles, <laughs> turn to 1 Chronicles 29, um, verses 10 through 16. 1 Chronicles 29. Um, as my wife said, this is the Heart for the House Offering Sunday, which we'll, we'll um, talk about at the very end. We'll talk about how you can bring that. Um, but, but I, I want to read this verse to you because we've been talking through the life of David in this entire series and talking about how David was such a generous person. David had his faults, but let me tell you something about David. David was not stingy. David knew how to be generous, which is one of the many reasons he was a man after God's own heart. And in 1 Chronicles 29, 10 through 16, as we've been talking about, this is the end of David's life. He knows that he can't build the temple. God says, man, you got too much blood on your hands, but your son can build it. Solomon can build it. So David gave literally all he had. He gave the biggest heart for the house offering in history to see his son Solomon build the temple. And after he gives this offering, like we talked about it last week, the people get so inspired in the kingdom because he gave so much everybody started to give. It was just crazy amount of generosity that was happening. And then after David gives, look what he does. He prays. After David gives, he prays. In 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 16, it says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. David was never shy about praising God. This is the same dude that danced so hard, his clothes fell off. And his wife was like, oh, you, you nasty, you undignified. He's like, girl, you think this bad? I'm about to get more undignified than this. So David was never ashamed to praise God in front of people. And David, in front of the whole assembly, said, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. It's a good place to say amen. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. Your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Look at verse 14, I love this. But who am I? It's the humility of David. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 15, we are foreigners and strangers in your sight as were our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. That's a real good place to say amen. Amen? If you're giving today's message a title, I've entitled it this. Press the seed into the soil. Press 
the seed into the soil. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. But this is the day that you have made, God. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here. God, I pray that I will lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be my own, but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will always be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that we understand the power of the seed that we hold. But I also pray that we understand it was never ours to begin with. It's all, everything we have comes from you. God, I pray for the person that needs to hear this word the most. I pray for the one that needs salvation in this place. God bless them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, everyone said, take about five seconds and give God a shout of praise. Promise you I won't take long. I just, every pastor says that, but I promise you. I'm going to read a couple verses, tell a couple stories. So the first week of this Heart for the House series, we talked about praying for and pledging the seed. Pastor Allen Griffin, y'all remember Pastor Allen? Y'all give it up for Pastor Allen, man. I love him to death. He talked about the power of the seed and how we have to pledge the seed and we have to pray over the seed. We talked about the seed out loud so that there's accountability uh, with it. And we all pledged to give over and above. And by the way, if this is your first time here, man, listen, we, we already said that this season, we're, we're trying to build a home. How many of y'all sick of renting a home? Yeah. So we're trying to build one. So if this is your first time here, man, the message is always for you. But the offering, man, don't be like, oh, man, I walked in. I got to have an extra offering. No, it's all right. Listen, if you want to give out the kindness of your heart, that's for you. But if you call this, this, this house your home, then you got to be willing to do the work to see the house get built. Amen? So first week we talked about pledging the seed. And the folks that call this house home, man, they pledged the seed five weeks ago. They pledged it. They didn't give it. They pledged it. They, they, they saw what God had, had spoken to them in their heart. And they said, man, I'm going to work to make sure I got this thing ready so I could bring it in today on November uh, 14th. But after we learned to uh, pray and pledge the seed, we had to learn to protect the seed. And the only way to protect the seed is, one, having accountability, and two, keeping the seed visible. Accountability. You, you tell somebody what you're doing so that they can hold you accountable to it. Things that are done in secret, nobody can hold you accountable to. But things that are done in public where somebody knows you have two or three witnesses. The Bible always uses two or three witnesses. Things that are done in public, people that you love can hold you accountable. I promise you, I walk around in this life and I always have people with me. Why? Because just because I'm a pastor and I know the word doesn't mean that I need less accountability than you. We need accountability. People that will be honest with us and real with us. You want to protect your seat, you need accountability, but you also need to keep it visible. Keep it in a place where you know you can find it. The things that mean something to you, you put them in a place of importance. Amen? But then the next week, we talked about the fact that we had to plan the seed. We had to have strategy and sacrifice. So many of us want to give a seed, we pledge a seed, but we have no plan on how to make that seed happen. We have no strategy, and there's so many different ways that we could strategize on how to save up for this seed, but once you have a strategy, David, he literally wrote down a strategy to build the temple, but then he had to actually sacrifice. He, had to, he told his son Solomon, he says, write it down. He says, do the work. Can I tell you, a strategy without work is only a strategy. You got to do the work. 
if you want to see the strategy come to fruition. Then the following week, we're in um, we're at Shirley Bronca Park. Anybody joined us at Shirley Bronca Park? Yeah, it was awesome. And we were on our evangelism and outreach just trying to bless the community. We talked about being warm because, see, the greatest seed that you can sow in somebody's life is not a monetary seed. It's a seed of salvation. So we went out to reach people. And the only way you're going to reach people is if you're what? You're warm. Warm means to welcome, affirm, relate, memorize. Welcome, affirm, relate, memorize. This place feels like home to so many people when they come in because we welcome people, we affirm them, we relate to them, and we memorize. That's why I can call Sydney out because I actually know his name. That's what happens when you have conversations with people. You learn who they are, amen? That's why people feel home here. And last week, we talked about the fact that we have to produce the seed. What's the point of pledging a seed you never plan on producing? Eventually, you have to show something for what you pledge, but so many people can't produce the seed because they eat the seed. <laughs> you can't eat the seed. You got to starve your greed. That's what we talked about last week. Because the flesh wants what it wants, right? But the flesh and the spirit, they're at odds with one another. This is what Galatians tells us. And the flesh wants stuff that will benefit it right now, while the spirit wants things that will benefit you for all of eternity. The flesh wants you to eat your seed, while the spirit wants you to plant your seed, knowing that there'll be a harvest in the future. Amen? And today, we're finally going to talk about how do we press the seed into the soil? How do you do that? That sounds good. Like, Pastor, I'm not a farmer. Like, I'm, am I literally like, supposed to take my money and put it in the ground? No. It's not what we're talking about. How do you press the seed in the soil? There's two ways to press the seed in the soil. Because once you produce the seed, eventually the seed has to go somewhere, has to be put somewhere where it can grow. As a believer, Pastor, how do I press the seed into the soil? Two things I want to tell you in the first is this. First, you must press in with praise. Man, I really was hoping y'all would say amen when I said that. You must press in with praise. Yeah, man, come on. Ooh, I feel like a good preacher now. Come on, somebody. Why do you think we took so long up front? We're trying to demonstrate that praise is such a beautiful thing. It's not something that we can just pass by. It's something that we have to press into. If you want to see miracles happen in your life, you got to press into your praise. But I'm not just saying that from the perspective of somebody that does it. I want to give you a biblical perspective on it so that you're not getting the gospel of Terrence Wilson. You're getting the gospel of Jesus. After David gives the greatest heart for the house offering of all time, the first thing on his mind to do was praise. Look at what it says. First Chronicles 29, 10 through 13. Like some of you brought your heart for the house offering. You're like, do I really have to give this up today? David was excited about what he did. Look what it says. First Chronicles 29, 10 to 13, David what? Praise the Lord. I could stop right there. David praised the Lord in what? In the presence of the whole assembly. Not only was he happy about it, he wanted everybody else to see that he was happy about being generous. 
See, generosity is only a blessing to you when you're really happy about it. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, Lord, the God of the fathers, uh, the father of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. David was literally the epitome of a cheerful giver because he praised God in front of everybody for what he gave. Maybe you don't remember what David gave. David, the Bible says, he gave gold and he gave silver. It says that he gave about 112 tons of gold. One ounce of gold today can land anywhere between $1,600 and $2,000, an ounce of it, okay? And we, we did the math last week, and if you use those numbers, one ton of gold in today's currency will be worth $64.5 million, one ton. David gave 112. You know, I did the math after. Just in gold, gave, David gave $7.1 billion. <laughs> he was happy about it. Y'all are shocked by it. David was happy about it. Giving away $7.1 bill. Like my, my voice got changed octaves when I say that number. $7 million. He gave away $7 billion and was happy about it. David wanted everybody to know that he was truly a cheerful giver. So no matter what the amount that he gave away was, he was going to have joy while he was doing it. David wanted people to see him celebrate generosity. And not only did he celebrate his, gener celebrate his generosity, he celebrated the one who allowed him to be generous. See, David knew that that money did not come from him. Yes, he physically gave it, but he understood where the money came from. So he gave praise to who? To God. He says, David praised the Lord. It could have said David praised himself. David, it doesn't say that David praised himself for giving seven, $7 billion. It doesn't say that. It says that David praised the Lord. How many times have we done a good thing and we've forgotten to give God the praise? We give ourselves the praise like we were responsible. When truly, every good thing you ever do in your life is only because of God. And David understood that. David was the epitome of a cheerful giver. So I, I, want, I want to take some time to remind you of all the good on this Heart for the House Sunday. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm tell you some of the good that this church has done. I want to remind you because we need to actually give God praise for it. Like, you realize that in 2021, one of the strangest years in history following 2020, we were all still trying to figure out how to meet as church again. Do you remember at the beginning of the year, we were like unsure if we should meet and everybody had to be masked up. People still got their masks on. You were getting temperature checked out there. You remember that? 
You remember that? And we were only able to meet one Sunday a month for the first six months of the year. Y'all remember that? We have successfully become a hybrid church in spite of all the challenges that we faced in meeting. Like success hybrid. Before the pandemic, we showed stuff online, but it was recordings of services that we did and people would have to watch it after. Now I can text my buddy in the Cayman Islands while service is going on live because now we have a successful hybrid model church where people in other parts of the world can join in on our worship with us while we are doing it. In spite of all the challenges, thank God we figured that out. I mean, we've been inside, we've been outside, we've been in a theater, we've been on the lawn, we've been at the park, we've been in the chambers, we've gone from meeting once a month physically with registration and no kids to now physically having our kids' church back up in session and they just got them toddlers, thank God. They got those toddlers meeting again. Now we're here every Sunday, no registration, and we also have our cool youth that is able to meet physically, and I promise you, you parents we're gonna do that more and more and more but that just started to happen this year and we've made good on the ministry promises that I made last year for heart for the house how many are you thankful to be a part of a church that does what they say they will do we started cool men's ministry this year fellas where y'all at that's what I'm talking about Get excited. We already had an amazing event and every man at that event signed up so that they could be in a connect group. So we're going to develop leaders and we're going to have more men's connect groups in 2022 because of a promise that we made in 2020 that we are keeping in 2021. And the church said, we also now have She's Cool, a women's ministry. Ladies, where y'all at? Yes, we made the promise, and we kept it. Y'all women, something else. I swear, like, you don't even have to, like, fight women to me. It's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to be here. What y'all going to do? We're just going to talk. I'm like, okay. <laughs> women will show up, but I love the women of this church because they've been so strong in helping us push forward, man, and keeping us together. Ladies, thank y'all because y'all always show up and show out. How many of y'all excited about the brand-new women's ministry? We're going to have more connect groups. In tw Let me tell you something. In 2022, we're going to have so many men's and women's events. You're not going to know what to do with yourself. We promised to expand on the virtual campus this year. We've done it. It's been amazing. Do you know that right now we have 1,378 YouTube subscribers? We didn't have that in 2020. See, I like when you get over a thousand because now you can monetize it. We get paid when people watch YouTube. We get to invest that back in the kingdom in Jesus' name, amen? Do you know last year, literally on this day, last year, we launched the Cool Church app. We had zero subscribers, and I told the team, I was like, man, if we can get 1,200 subscribers in a year, we are winning. We are killing it. Do you know that the year just finished, we are already at 1,658 app subscribers? That means...
means that there's 1,600 people, almost 1,700 people that's like, yep, cool church, my church, I'm going to subscribe to that. I'm going to watch what's going on. I'm going to stay connected. We said we would expand on the virtual space, and we have. But not only the virtual space, the physical space. Do you know that there's an average of over 155 people every week that meet in connect groups? Some of y'all didn't know that. Get in a connect group today. Do you know, even with all the odds stacked against us as it pertains to meeting, and we were very slow in our ramp up because we wanted to be careful, because we wanted to honor you, we wanted things to be as safe as possible. We've only had two baptism services this year. The third one is coming up next week. Do you know we already baptized 48 people in those two services? But this is the number that gets me more excited than anything. Because you know how hard it is to track salvations online and stuff, man. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's something else. People get saved, they're like, I ain't filling out that form. <laughs> Fill out the form, it helps us. <laughs> but man, with everything that we've done in 2021, if y'all don't get excited about this, I don't even know what to tell you, but we've already seen 384 people make decisions for Jesus. I think y'all are way too calm about that. That's just this year alone. With the odds stacked against us and church, I want to thank you. From the bottom of my heart, Joe and I want to thank you because, man, you guys have fought to stay together. You guys have fought to build. You guys have fought to serve the community, man. And I really want to thank you because the church is nothing without you. This building means nothing if there's not people in it. Thank you for all that you've done. I believe that we're going to continue to do many great things. And I still believe that the best is yet to come for Cool Church. But I promise you, I will never allow our accomplishments to rob God of his glory. So today, in front of all of you, I'm going to do what David did. I'm going to pray and thank God for what he has done. Because that's what didn't, it said, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Aren't you all the assembly? Well, I'm going to act like David. And I'm going to literally pray what he prayed from God's word. Would you pray with me as we give God, as we press in to praise the Lord? As, would you lean in with me as we press in and we praise him? Because we would not be here without him. For I love what the Bible says. And Lord, I'm going to pray the scripture because I know when I pray the scripture, I pray the promise. I say today to you, Lord, praise you, Lord, the God of our father Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours, God. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. It says you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come only from you, God. You are the ruler of all things, Lord. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we, 
Now, our God, we give thanks and praise to your glorious name. This is your opportunity for about 10 seconds to open your mouth and give God praise for all the stuff that he has got this church through. Oh, I see somebody caught it. I wish somebody else would catch it. I think somebody else just caught it. See, first the praise started with me, but now the praise is plural. It multiplies to you. Why don't you take a moment in this house today and give God praise for everything he's brought you through, everything he's done in your life, the things you thought that you couldn't do. God partnered with you to let you know that you don't have to do them by yourself. All you gotta do is give him the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Don't shortchange my God on his praise. You say, Pastor, why you do that? Why do we just do that? I'm going to press my seed in the soil with praise because I don't want to press my seed in the soil with pride. See, some of y'all think you got where you are on your own. You pressing your seed in the soil with pride. And what are you doing? You're corrupting your seed. I want my seed to flourish. So I press it in with praise. God, the only reason I got this seed is because of you. The only reason I'm breathing right now is because of you. Press in with praise. Don't press in with pride. Some of y'all, some of y'all pride is taking you to a place that your integrity can't even keep you. You better press in with praise because God humbles the proud. Press in with praise. But we don't just press in with praise. It's my last point. We press in with proper perspective. Press in with proper perspective. First Chronicles 29, 14 through 16 says, I love, this is so beautiful, man. That's why I love reading about David. Look what he says. But who am I? Who am I? Who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? He praises God. He's like, but God, who am I? Thank you, God. Who am I? I can't even believe you chose me to do. Who am I? Everything comes from you. He acknowledges where it comes from. We've only given you what comes from your hand. We are like foreigners and strangers in your sight. That's where all our ancestors, our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. What's it saying? Without God, we're nothing. You better humble yourself and know without God, you're nothing. Verse 16, Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building your temple for your holy name comes from your hand. It all belongs to you. I looked up that word all in the Greek and in the Hebrew. You know what it means? All. It says, all of it belongs to you. Everything that we got comes from your hand, God. All of it belongs to you. David has such a healthy perspective of generosity. Like some of us think when we tithe, we're being generous. No, you're being obedient. When we give offerings, we got to have a healthy perspective because David realized that nothing he or any of the people gave 
came from them. Nothing. Not one bit of that $7 billion came from David. Not one bit of those tons of gold, silver, iron, everything that they needed to build a town, not one bit of it came from those people. They all had to acknowledge that it came from God. And some of us have a very hard time putting seed in the soil because you still think the seed is yours. Oh, I'll take it a step further. People have a problem sowing seed because they don't want to grow seed, they want to own seed. You want to own it. But newsflash, the only way to grow seed is to sow seed. The only way to grow seed is to sow seed. The first week of this uh, Heart for the House pledge, me and my wife stood up on this stage and we were accountable to you. So we told you, it was like, hey, we're going to sow this seed. And the specific seed that we said we were going to sow was a check from a department store called Macy's. If you don't know, myself and my wife, we have uh, owned a creative business for over a decade now. Um, and man, listen, it has not been easy. I, I promise you, and that, 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 that creative business turned into a fashion business uh, over, the, over time. And um, if I could be honest, this, this just might help somebody, especially a small business owner that's trying to, tr trying to figure it out. Our first crack at our fashion business, we failed. Like the business failed miserably. Like it didn't work. See, I think some people look at the success that we live in today and feel like we always had it, but they don't understand that when we fail, we fail forward. We fail. I can stand up here in all humility and say we failed the first time we tried. Some of you think just because something doesn't work the first time that, it, that, that, that that's it. No. Sometimes you just need to learn the lessons from your failure to help you for your success. We failed. And just recently, with this line that we put out for Cool Creative, man, we made it into Macy's. And I'm excited about it. And honestly, because we, <laughs> we wanted to make sure we didn't screw it up, we took a smaller order than we probably could have. Um, they wanted us to do one. We was like, let's just make sure we can get this first one right. Because, you know, sometimes you got to have wisdom. It's called stewardship. Under promise, over deliver. And um, me and my wife was just in, uh, in Atlanta the other day. It's in Atlanta and in New York. So it's in Lenox Square and in, in Atlanta, and then it's, it's, it's in Macy's in New York. So, yeah, we can show some of those pictures, man. Me and my wife kind of popped up and saw it. So that's JoJo right there. She holding some stuff. You can show the next uh, uh, picture there. Keep going. So yeah, that's like the stuff in the stuff. It was, it's really weird to see something you made like sitting in a place that you just like, how did we get here? You can show the next one. Keep going. Keep going. I was like, see, I'm wearing this. I, I had to show y'all. I was like, I'm wearing the same jacket and it's right there. See, it's there. It's, it's, I didn't make it up. It's right there. Like you can see it. Keep going. So yeah, it's cool, it's cool, keep, keep going. That's, all. that's Atlanta, that's me and Joe, we felt good about it. It was so, it was so weird, like, you, I, my, I knew my wife was proud because she's, like, she, she's like a mom, like, and I felt, I, felt like, I felt like a little kid in the moment because people was like coming and touching the stuff and looking at it, and she was like, he's the designer. I was like, I was like yo, ch I was like, chill, 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 you gotta stop, like, like you gotta act like it ain't ours, like you gotta be cool. 
Like big name designers don't be doing that. Like you gotta chill. You gotta act like you there already. I'm just like, I, I, I literally want to be like, mom, stop. And that's in, that's in New York. That's one, another, yeah, that's all in New York right there. And it's, it's just, it's surreal. Doesn't make sense. Don't know how it happened. And when the Heart for the House series started, we announced that we said our first check from Macy's, we was going to put in the Heart for the House offering. And I brought it out. Just so y'all know, it's not like an empty envelope up here. There's a check that we have filled out. And if I can be honest with you, this is the most we've ever given in an offering ever. And the truth of the matter is, you say, how can you take the first profits you ever got from something big and give it all back to God? How, that, that is, how can, that is, how could you do that? It's not mine. It's not mine. It's not hers. Everything we have comes from God. I know it sounds crazy, but it's not hard to sow into the kingdom when you live with the perspective that nothing you have is yours. I own nothing. Everything in my life has been a gift to me from God. My wife is a gift to me from God. My daughter is a gift to me from God. My house is a gift to me. My car, this stinking check is a gift. That business is a gift to me from God. Can I tell you, this seed hadn't even been pushed into the soil yet. At Macy's, me and my wife are flying to New York tomorrow. We got another meeting at Macy's corporate uh, office because they already want to see the spring and summer collection from Cool Cool. <laughs> this ain't even been pushed into the soil yet. Before we ever put the offering into the plate, God saw us press the seed into the ground with the perspective that says, all we have is yours. We don't want to own the seed. We want to sow the seed. Baby girl, come up here. Help me out real quick. Help me out. I know y'all been looking at this stuff like, what is this? Remember these? It's a bag of seed from week one. Do me a favor. Why don't you pour, pour this dirt into this this pot, pour this soil. This I, I stole your good potting mix for this illustration. Don't be mad. I stole. I took it for Jesus. He want me. Uh, it's like it's like the cult in the Bible. You go up to them and just say the Lord needs it, and they're supposed to accept. The Lord needs this soil. He needs it. Okay. Some of y'all don't read your Bible. You'd laugh hard if you read your Bible. So there's there's soil in this in this pot, right? And this is this is seed. Let me let me tell you what happens with seed. Because soil is a good place for seed to go, right? Right? Let me tell you what y'all do with seed. This is what some of y'all do because, you know, you, you, I'm, a, I'm a self-made man. I bootstrap myself and I got myself here. 
That's what some of y'all here. Take this seed. Could you pour some of this seed in my hand? That, 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 that's good. That's good. This is what you do. You got your seed. You got it in your hand. You got a pot right here, but you don't put the seed in the pot. Better yet, you don't put the seed in the soil. You keep the seed in your hand. Let's see, get some of that water. Now, I want you to take, I want you to take some of that water. See the seed in my hand? I got, I got it tight. I own the seed. I want you to, I want you to water my hand. Go ahead. Stop, that's good. Okay, stop, stop, that's good. Now I want you to take that light. It's gonna represent sunlight, y'all. Go ahead, click it on. Go ahead. Put some sun on that thing. Whew, I can't wait. I got this seed in my hand that's gonna grow. Whew. It got some sunlight. Put some more water on it. Maybe that'll help. Come on, okay, come okay. on. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, 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 okay, all right. Okay. That's good for growing. That's good for growing. Let's put some more light. Whew, whew. Let me tell you something. She could water this thing till Jesus come back. She could put as much sunlight on it as she want to. This thing will never grow roots in my hand. It will never happen. But this is what some of us look like. God is mine. If I just, I just hold on, because you, you started your business and you thought your business plan was what you needed. You don't need a business plan, you need a kingdom plan. <laughs> business plan says, how much, how many assets can I hold on to? A kingdom plan, uh, as a, a plan says, how many assets can I sow into good soil? Because see, now, these seeds, in good soil, you can go ahead and water that thing. Let me tell you something. It ain't going to grow in this moment. You might have to wait a little bit. But I promise you, if you come back next week, and I'm still holding a seed in my hand, I'm still going to have nothing, but that thing would have sprouted already. Some of y'all so concerned about your stinking business plan that you forgot about the kingdom plan. The kingdom plan is seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, harvest. The seed was never meant to stay in your hand. It was always meant to be sown. You cannot grow it if you do not sow it. You must sow the seed. Hmm. Water this thing. I can hold it into something forever, but it's never going to grow roots if I try to own it. You see, it's only when you press in to kingdom soil. It's only when you press in with the proper perspective that God, the seed that was in my hand, it's not mine anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a real, you say, what's, what's good soil? What do you think this whole thing is about? We're trying not just to build strong families and build strong futures. We're trying to build a kingdom. There's no better soil than the storehouse of the Lord, which is called church. Some of us hold on to seed, but then some of us do sow it. And we sow it everywhere else outside of God's house. And you expect a return? You could sow it in the J.P. Morgan. You could sow it in the Morgan Stanley. I promise you, you get better returns in the kingdom. Sow it in kingdom soil. Because here's the truth. 
I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even worried about a monetary return on this. I'm in great health. I have a wife that loves me. I have a daughter that adores me. I have a beautiful family. Most of my, my immediate family, they love Jesus. I'm not even worried about if they get into heaven or not because they worship with us every Sunday. I'm reaping harvests that are not temporary. I'm reaping harvests that are eternal because I know the only way to grow my seed is to sow my seed. Every seed is a gift that God has given you to steward for his purpose. And your job in the kingdom is not to hold seed, it's to sow seed. Because if you sow seed, you will grow seed. You have no idea how the seeds that you sow today will bless you tomorrow. You can go down, love. I end with this final story. At the beginning of the season, we said we we're going to raise a certain amount of money because we, we want to build a building. Like, I'm, I'm tired of being in something that's not ours. You know, it's hard because you got to move around and, you know, you can't always do things necessarily the way that you want them to. And here's the truth. Like, if we found a building tomorrow or we found land tomorrow, we still have to wait because it takes time to build it. Like some of you oh, I believe for a building from the Lord, and you've never sown seed. You think it's just going to happen for free? It don't work like that. Something has to be sown. And even when we get it, it still takes what? Time. Seed, time. If we find the perfect spot tomorrow, it will still take time to build it into the house that God has called us to be in. Amen? It takes time. And at the beginning of this year, we said the theme was bigger. Doesn't it feel like the cultural center is getting smaller? You used to be able to park all on that nice big old parking lot out there. Now they're putting a building on it. Now you gotta, you gotta like take the walk through the Red Sea and through the wilderness before you get. <laughs> As of December 1st, our kids' facilities, which are in the chamber, a lot of y'all dropped your kids off at the, uh, at the chambers today, right? December 1st, no more. Can't do it anymore. City building, city rules. We love the city, but city building, city rules. Can't rent it anymore. Only going to be used for city gatherings. It's one of the fallouts of COVID. So, kid space will be gone in December. Parking. It's rough. And honestly, I can never promise you when we'll fully be able to meet in here because you know as well as I do for the last two years we've been doing this church. Sometimes we're in here. Sometimes we're in the ballroom. Sometimes we're outside. Sometimes we're in the chain. It's been hard to really gain consistency because we're never in the same place. And last meeting I had with the cultural center, we love them to death. We always gonna honor them. We always gonna bless them. We love this place. City's done a lot. This was never a permanent solution. Never. If you thought this was a permanent solution, I never promised you that. Never. But as of next year, we can only rent this room out one, one Sunday a month. 
can't build nothing like that. Amen. It ain't good enough. I said, God, what do we do? These are the stresses that I deal with as a pastor that y'all don't always know about. But I'm telling you today. I said, God, what are we going to do? He said, keep doing what you've been doing. Keep loving people. Keep loving people. You worried about a building, man? I'm, I will build my church brick by brick. You see all the bricks standing in this room right now? It ain't, it ain't. That's all right. Say, keep loving people. Go where the need is. That's the word that God put in my heart. Go where the need is. You go where the need is, don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. So what do we do? We just served. We serve, we serve, we serve. Y'all was around, summer serve. We never stopped serving. We had a team uh, building a house yesterday for Habitat for Humanity. Y'all don't even know all the stuff that's going on. We're always serving the community. And I always say, find the people lifting the heaviest weight in the community and serve them. As of recently, it's been our educators. It's been our teachers. It's been, yeah man, y'all lifting the heavy weight. And I know y'all heard about What's been happening at Miramar Senior High has been all over the national news. Young man's life was taken by some other students. All of those families are devastated. And the ripple effects span far beyond those families. But what do we know how to do? We know, we know, we know how to love. We know how to love people. Before I heard about the drama at the school, we had already been to the school, sir. You know, at the beginning of the school year, Miramar Senior High, we were laying down mulch and we were literally like planting seeds to help beautify the school. You know that? We did that. So we already had a good rapport with them. They loved us. And when we heard about the tragedy that had happened with the young man, we said, man, we want to do something. And I had parents from this congregation and teachers that teach there in this congregation. They reached out, Pastor T, what are we going to do? I said, can we pray? Can we pray? Can we get in there? Can we pray? Do you know that the principal of the school invited us in to come in and pray with the, with the staff and the faculty? It was beautiful. It wasn't mandatory. They wanted prayer, they can come get it. And man, I don't know, there were probably like 30 or 40 faculty that, that came in. And we took a team of us and we literally made a circle around them. We surrounded them in prayer. I mean, we pleaded the blood over Jesus over them. We prayed that there would be peace in that school. We prayed that the atmosphere would shift. And as we're in that meeting, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. You want to know what to do, Pastor? This is where the mission is. You always go where the hurting people are. And it reminded me of that verse I heard in the Bible so many times in Luke 1941, when Jesus was going into the city of Jerusalem for the very last time to be crucified. The Bible literally says that Jesus says, as he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. You know how you want mission in your life? When you begin to shed tears for the spaces with the most pain. And in my quiet moments, man, I was like, God, there gotta be something we can do here other than pray. What can we do? He says, you, 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 go, he says, you go in there and you change the atmosphere. This is not gonna be a one-time event. And with all the boldness in me, I went to the principal and I said, you know, I don't, I don't think this needs to be a one-time thing. I, I think this needs to be something that can continue. I said, in 2022, would you mind if we made this place our home? I promise you, we'll leave it better than we found it. She looked back at me. 
And she says, in the last four years, we haven't rented this place to a church. She says, I feel really good about y'all. The next day, called me back. Says, you know, right after you asked, somebody else called and asked for the same thing. And you know what we told them? We said, no way. In 2022, Miramar Senior High is the new home of Cooch. I know what some of y'all thinking. Pastor T, man, we going to a school. Is that going to be comfortable? Oh, you have no idea. Well, that announcement worth the wait? <laughs> That's what happens when you wait. Somebody, why? Why are we moving? I'm going to give you three reasons. One, for consistency. Listen. While God is already stirring the pot in Miramar to give us the piece of land that we want so we can build something, how many of you know it's going to feel good not to have to worry about where we're meeting because you know exactly where we're going to be every day until God does that? Consistency, man. It gets even better than that. It's not just consistency. It's stewardship. If I told you how much it costs to rent this facility or be at a park or be outside, you probably wouldn't believe me. But I will tell you this, at that school, we're only paying a third of the cost of what it costs to be in here. Can't build something if you're not saving money. But you know my favorite part of it? We get to go where the need is. The greatest compliment the principal of New Renaissance Middle ever gave us when we were there, Principal Morales, still my dear friend of this day, we're still in that school right now. We're even paying for their equipment for their aviation program. You didn't even know you were doing that. We're doing that because we told them we would never leave them. We would never abandon them. We're always going to do stuff for them. But as we go into this new place, I pray that what Miss Morales has always said to me and my wife, she says about that this school says about us. She says, ever since you guys have been here and even after you left, the atmosphere of our school has changed. The kids ain't fighting like that anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's something about when y'all occupy a space that things change. I don't know about you. I don't want to go where it's comfortable. I want to go where the need is. I want to go where God can use me. I want to go where I can be sown. I want to be go where I can make the biggest change. I want to go where lives can be impacted. I want to go where people are hurting. I want to go where the need is. Church, we literally press seeds into the ground of that soil before we ever saw the harvest of us getting this space. We serve them before we asked anything of them. You want to open doors of opportunity in your life? You need to press in and serve. Press in to serve because your service can open doors for you, but you only do it when you press in the praise and press in with the proper perspective. See, today, 
We're about to do something where we press literally a seed into kingdom ground as a harvest for souls to come. I see that space and you know what I see? I don't see a school, I see good soil. I see a place to press in seed that will change the atmosphere of this community for years to come. I pray that Miramar Senior High won't be on the news because students are dying. I pray that Miramar High will be on the news because students are gaining life and life more abundantly. Teachers are revived. No anxiety, no depression, but there will be a spirit of joy and revival that shakes the city because we decided to sow in kingdom soil. But no matter what we sow here on the earth, there's somebody that still needs to hear this message. No matter what we sow, may you never forget that the God of the heavens sowed his seed, his son Jesus, into the soil of the earth. He died a criminal's death because he knew that he had to go down. Because when you go down into the earth, you get to build roots that grow up, that are seen. He knew that he had to go down to develop the seed of salvation inside each and every one of us. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you thought this was just about an offering, but might I remind you that God pressed the seed of his son down into the soil to develop the growth, the fruit, the flower, the plant of salvation in each and every one of your lives. All you gotta do is receive the seed that has been pressed into the soil for you and his name is Jesus. So before we receive this offering, I'm gonna do the really important thing today. With head bowed and eyes closed, wherever you are in this place, you say, man, I want that seed of salvation you was talking about. Them other seeds was cool, but that seed of salvation, that's what I need. I came in here broken. I came in here messed up. I came in here with my stuff not together. I need that seed of salvation you were talking about, pastor. Bible says when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart he is raised from the dead, you're saved. In your seat, right where you're at, nobody looking around, you say, I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm tired of playing games. 2021 was crazy. I want to make sure that I'm sowing the seed of my salvation into kingdom soil. I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. On the count of three, I want everybody that wants Jesus as their Lord and Savior. No more games. No more playing. I want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. Hold it up. High enough and long enough for me to see it. I see you and 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 you. You can put your hands down. Maybe you did the same thing online. Right where you're at today. Right where you're at. God can meet you where you're at. Because he's God. He's everywhere at all times. I want everybody to say this prayer with me out loud. All right? Confess, believe. It's not about the words you're going to say. It's about what you're saying and what you believe in your heart. Amen? So I want everybody to repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. Not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. 
I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Listen, can't open up the ceiling and show you. Bible says when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration in heaven. All of heaven is celebrating you. And if you made that decision, we want to get, um, we want to make sure that we get a record of that decision. So there's team with um, cards and they got pens and there's also a code on the screen. If you want to fill out the card, you can raise your hand, they'll give you a card. If you want to just scan that, you can do it online. It's very easy. But while you're doing that church, let them hear what heaven sounds like because heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is praising. On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they're blessed. Let them know they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know that they're not who they were when they walked in. They're a child of God in Jesus' name. Go. They that wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord. Now renew their strength. They shall Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.